All right, we are back with another Tossing Salad episode. I am Brian Samatros, your host. This week, we are diving deep into Star Wars. I am going to be sitting down with Chelsea Gardenside, another garden friend from our Instagram family within the garden community. And interesting enough, Chelsea and I, this is going to be the first time that we've actually spent time and and talking to each other. And I'll tell you why this took so long to edit and get out is because I started with a three hour file. Basically through, we were on, we were on line with each other for three hours of which about an hour and 45 minutes, close to two hours was star Wars related. And then the other hour or so it was just us conversing and Chelsea, where have you been? We should have been friends earlier. So anyways, had a lot of fun. The interesting thing here is I am coming from the era of Star Wars. I was born in 1975. So obviously the original trilogy, they're my movies, right? Everything else is compared to them. Chelsea, 90s girl, uh, prequel era, I would say. So it'll be interesting to see how we get along in this Star Wars fight. Well, I wouldn't, I shouldn't say Star Wars fight. It's not a fight. It just You just have to listen to it. Chelsea, not only is she a garden expert, she's a genocide expert. I was like, you know what? I have to find somebody to sit down and talk Star Wars that not only is garden related because all of these interviews have been garden related garden people that we're pulling out to get to know them a little better, talking things outside of growing a tomato. But I also wanted a genocide expert. I'm not, I'm not kidding. She's a, just listen to the podcast. All right. So we're going to drop you in right in our conversation. Star Wars. We're ranking all of the theatrical release movies. So that's basically one through nine solo and Rogue One. Yeah. But anyway, well, I'm ready to start the yeah. Star Wars, the definitive Star Wars podcast between two gardeners who have never really talked to each other other than tonight for the first time, which is kind of funny. <laughs> it's so true. Our blind date. Our blind got, Star Wars date. I've got Chelsea here. Garden said, is that how you say Side. Garden side. I know it's just spelled differently, but yeah, it's side like S I D. I'm getting on to all my friends with their accounts that are just so hard. I'm like, how do you say it? That's my name. That's my real name. Side. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's okay. Well, that makes, I I get it. It's still, (laughs) it's still hard. Pick a different name. So my first name was Wagonbrenner and I got married. So you're welcome. This is an easier name. Wagonbrenner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's. I wouldn't be able to do, to do that one either. Yes, I did make it easier for people, but it's not phonetic. So. Oh my god! I well, know. we're we're here tonight to discuss. I am at a crossroads with something here that has been part of my life for God. I'm I'm 47. Jeez, I now I'm just counting down to where everything is like, just going to be done math? for. <laughs> But Star Wars has been a huge part of my life ever since growing up. I I was born in 1975. Obviously, uh, four years, five years after that, Star Wars phenomenon hits globally. 
and I'm out there. I've got all the toys and Star Wars was a huge part of little Brian growing up toy-wise, movie-wise, and then you fast forward 20 years later, and lo and behold, we get a whole bunch of new movies, and everybody gets excited. A whole nother generation of, of younger kids get involved with Star Wars, and I'm here now, 2022, and Chelsea, I will tell you, this is the first time that I am not quite excited about Star Wars and where it's going. The Disney Plus, the new show on here, Andor. Uh huh. Wait, no I spoilers. I haven't seen the very last episode. I was going to try to I'm watch not it spoil this. anything. Okay. But this is the first time that it wasn't an event in our house. Everything Ooh. leading up to Andor has been an event in our house. Obi-Wan Kenobi, episode seven, eight, nine. Oh my God, the countdown, a few months away. I'm watching things on YouTube. This is the first time to where we got into, I think it was like episode eight or nine. And one night at the dinner table, the family, it's just me and my wife, my two teenage boys were like, should we be watching Andor? I guess. I just, I, I don't know. So I want to hear from you. So where can I ask you when you were born or when? Because oh, yeah. I, I think it's important to try to to find out. Yeah, you can ask me anything you want. It's fine. I was when, born when in 1990. Born? 1990. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you are the next generation that grew up with the episodes one, two, and three. So I want to know yeah. from you, Chelsea, where does Star Wars stand with you, your mm -hmm. family, and has all of the good Star Wars, is that behind us? And we're just going to kind of, as we go forward, it's just going to kind of fizzle out. Can it fizzle out? Where, where are we at with Star Wars in your opinion? I was really curious, like, is there going to be debate here? Like, are we going to disagree? Our lists weren't that off. Like, I was a little worried. And when, once you just spoke, I don't know if you could see me getting visually very excited because yeah. I was like, oh, this is great. It's going to be a great debate. Okay, so Star Wars for me. I, my dad was like a huge fanatic. And when we were too young to appreciate the first three that were ever made, so four, five, six, we were too young to appreciate it. He made us watch them in a hysterical way. I can't even remember how old we were. We were definitely too young to appreciate it appropriately. And he sat us down, he had us watch the episode and then he had us watch the director's commentary about the episode. You guys so have been bored to death. And we were way too young, but the experience, like seeing how much my dad loved it and how important it was for it, like he set the stage. Like this was an important night. We all needed to pay attention. So like I remember, and I have so much emotional connection to that whole thing, even though I also remember being annoyed, but we didn't leave. Like I definitely remember watching the whole thing and not falling asleep. And it was probably six hours. Do you remember, whole... was this in preparation for episodes one two and three like okay my girls are going to be before eight, nine ten eleven years old so that episode was one before. was what 99 yeah so it was before that so we were probably like four or five when we started watching it with him for the first time it was before that we knew there was a one two three coming and he made us watch them and he made us watch each episode a week apart because he waited was it a year or three years in between 
the first releases? Do you remember? The first releases like uh, for A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi? Yeah. So that was 79, 81, and 83. Okay. So, so two he, years. Yes. So he made us wait a week. And then the whole week, he was like, I had to wait two years to see what happened between these movies. And we're like, we don't care that much, but fine, you're making us wait a week. Because he was trying to really like simulate this like groundbreaking thing for him as a child or as a teenager for us to then experience. Then after that, we rewatched them all three again before one, two, and three came out and got to see those in the theaters. So I will say I struggled deeply and with how I ranked one, I struggled deeply because it was the first time I got to see them in the theaters. And I understand, but like ranking the original saga for me, and you know this, I was chatting you this, because I was like, don't make me rank them. Because <laughs> it's just, it's, it's hard. There's like a nostalgia that comes. And honestly, with where I placed one, I think is largely based on what I know from other people talking about it. That was the first Star Wars I got to see in theaters with my dad after he tried to brainwash us about these being important. Okay, and so, so I have this emotional connection with that movie, even though I know it's not the best. I want to hear what you thought with the initial viewing of four, five, and six before you guys went to go see one, two, and three. I, yeah. I just, I have to think that because they were a little bit older, the videos or the, the movies and the special effects were a little dated. You couldn't, were you, was it interesting for you? Oh yeah, it wasn't that, I don't, I don't feel like it was that dated for us at that time, to be honest. It, but it was 94, 95. It wasn't incredibly dated. Was it I magical even, for you? I mean, the way that my dad did it was magical, right? Like I could see another kid just haphazardly watching it and it being a miss. But, you know, he really painted this whole scene about how special and how exciting. The director's commentary, I hated. Like, I distinctly yeah, I remember mean... being like, this is the worst. He made me do a similar thing with Lord of the Rings. Actually, that was my cousin. So, like, apparently this is a theme in my life that people make me watch this fantasy with director's commentary. Um, but, no, I mean, I love. we're totally obsessed. I love it. And then we went to see every movie as a family. So that was, like, a really big thing for us and so with one two three that was very very special and then when seven eight nine came out again there was this nostalgia of like oh my god we get to relive this together as a family and I have a baby baby brother who was a gift from God who was born 12 years after me mm -hmm. and so he got to go with us to see the last three and that was really really cool and we of course saw the extras so i would say overall the like nostalgia of the saga and then seeing it go through generations just makes it special the extra piece i would add i disagree with you entirely about the direction yeah, it's going. Tell me. taking and i guess it's only for fans i don't know but taking the the world that i love so much and the universe that i find so interesting and compelling and applying it to different formats and different lengths and different like artistry, I've been obsessed. Like, I, it sounds like you probably liked Mandalorian, like I was floored, but even Andor, which I've been more hit or miss on. I watched the first three episodes while working and actually had to rewatch. I forced myself to rewatch them because I barely listened, like it didn't compel me. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna rewatch them without working and actually focus. And I forced myself to do it. And they're doing cool, different things. Like the whole episode where they build the team that is like stages of team development 101. Like they're taking just like interesting storylines. Like it's no longer black and white, good and evil. And that's why I hated the last three. 
it is complex and it's gray and they're like taking basic societal structures and putting them in the Star Wars universe and we're having a debate about them in a way that they've never been that complex before. Is it more boring than the other movies? Yeah, because there's not really a war in the stars. You know, some of the episodes are just building a team in a crisis moment. But I thought that was, I thought that was smart. Like I was like, some writer is writing really smart, interesting content. Finally, it's not like good and bad, good versus evil. The general consensus absolutely agrees with you in a sense that the general consensus of people that have issues with the every Star Wars movie other than the original trilogy, whether it's the toxic fandom or whatever you want to call it, have all pretty much said the same thing, that Andor is kind of a grown-up Star Wars that we've all been wanting. Mm. And I've heard that, and I'm like, that's awesome, that's great. Why am I on my phone while I'm watching Andor? Because I am kind of bored. And I was what? like, there's something oh, not right here. Even though it's adult and a little more complex and it's mm-hmm. not the the war among the stars, I get that. I appreciate that. And I, I don't disagree with what you just said. It's still, it, I'm just, I'm bored with it. Can you pinpoint it though? Like we actually, what are moments that have captured you in it, if any? Uh, the only thing that captured me, I can't say because you haven't seen the last, I think, oh, couple sorry. episodes or whatever. So I don't want to spoil that for you. But there's there's no doubt that every there's every Star Wars movie, and in this particular podcast, Chelsea and I are going to go through and rank them from best to worst, all the theatrical released movies. So all nine movies plus Solo and Rogue One. I can come up with things I love about every single movie. And I I think just from talking with you prior to our podcast officially starting, I think we would appreciate a lot of the same things within Star Wars. I am kind of curious to see what these rankings of ours, because the original trilogy for me is my, those are my movies, four, five, and six are my movies. And then one, two, and three, we'll get into that. Seven, eight, nine was the redemption. Like, here we go. JJ, save us. And JJ, we trust. And we'll talk about that. But four, five, and six, bias, whatever, those are my movies. Are one, two, and three your movies? Or do you collectively see all of them as your movies, your Star Wars? Do you gravitate towards one, two, three? I see four, five, and six. No, and you can see in my rank, four, five, and six are my a hundred percent feel like mine that feels like star wars and then the rest i can appreciate one two and three more than the last three just in nostalgia purposes because i think they contribute more to four five and six right um yeah no it's my dad it's what he imparted upon us so and your younger brother what would you think with him is seven eight nine his movies he hated them seven eight nine he hated He never, you know, it's funny. You have kids 12 years apart. They have a very different experience. And I don't think me or my sister realized the extent to which he was not indoctrinated the way we were. And he just didn't have the connection. And I do think a big piece of it is the emotional connection to the series and to the world and to the universe. I still don't think 4, 5, and 6 have bad, they look that old. Like, I don't so think you're saying, but you're saying your brother doesn't have a connection to seven, eight, nine, or he doesn't have a connection to the Star Wars as a whole, like you do and I do. We walked out of seven, and we were just every single one of us. The second the movie ends, 
Liam, like, what did you think? Like, this is your first time seeing it in theaters with us. Like, oh my God, what's your reaction? And he was like, eh, it's okay. <laughs> like, what? Is he like, is he like an Avengers guy or something? Is that more he, his... Him and I like most of the same content on TV. Like, we like fantasy and the office and, you know, you pick. So normally we're pretty aligned. I can't... Right. I don't think he had the sit down and forced to watch this in this way. And like, my dad really did a good job, like sharing what I think his experience was. See, I relate to those movies because I feel like I was with him and he painted the entire narrative and he never got that experience, right? He watched them, but he never got my dad being like, this is a life-changing experience. Like this changed cinema, like you were about to see something miraculous. But if it wasn't for your dad to spend that much time doing it, see, that's why I'm I'm thinking and that's why I'm saying I can see Star Wars kind of fading out. And I know that's blasphemous to kind of say, but I don't think it really holds for the younger generation. Yeah. You know, to get attached to it, like not, you know, I had my situation was slightly different, a lot different than yours, because I grew up with the toys mm. that. 80s were just the toy era to where you're playing with Star Wars, G.I. Joe, He-Man. Everything was toy-related for marketing. And so there was a little more of a connection to the movies and the toys and everything. You guys come around on in the 90s. I, th I think it's just kind of different. And then the kids, 2000s, 2010s, and, and so on, I just I don't see them getting attached to Star Wars as we did. And I, I, that's why I asked you initially... Do you see, is the best of Star Wars behind us? And we're just going to kind of fade out as best... we go away from the Skywalker <laughs> right. storylines. The best is the problem. Like to me, I think the best of Star Wars is in front of me. But if we're, we're quantifying best based on mass popular opinion, I see what you're saying. If we're quantifying best based on we're getting like nuanced and complex and like they're getting dirty with it and it's not this clean black and white good and evil, I think the best is in front of us. I think they're fine. That was the my problem with the storyline of the the movies is there was just such it's like good versus evil, good versus evil. Now I'm good again. It's like so, I take it from from you then you are somewhat positive about the Mickey gloves on the Star Wars franchise. Like you think that's a good thing for Lucas to have sold, sold it off and to give it some, a, a different investment, a different kind of creative breath to just get it away from him and see what Disney can do with it. So I, I agree. I, yeah. I, there's a lot of different things that have come out that we wouldn't have gotten with Lucas. No. I wasn't positive about it. I was actually, I didn't have the toy experience you had, right? So I don't think about it that way. So initially when they came out with the last three movies and they also came out with the droids and they also came out with all the things at once, I was like, oh, this is disgusting. Like this is just like this corporation trying to make money. Like what happened to yeah. the art of it? So I was not positive. But hearing you say part of it being so real for you was the toys and everything, that actually makes me more my, I'm impressed with Disney. I'm like, Disney's dark, and I don't like it. <laughs> I'm surprised, especially with Andor, mm -hmm. I, especially with uh, Rogue One. Yeah. I was very surprised with how they they took uh, Rogue One with that movie. And so 
before we start getting into some of the details of some of the movies, why don't we go through, I want to break up our list. So I want to hear from you, mm-hmm. your bottom, uh, let's say your bottom six through 11. So start from 11. Worst movie for you and work your way up to six. And then that way later on, we'll do our top five together. But I want to yeah. hear your bottom six movies and give me kind of a reason why and whether or not it affects you wanting to watch the movie in general mm-hmm. or is it are you ranking them here's another question for you are you ranking these based off of you know acting performances and story or mm-hmm. are you using kind of a i just enjoy it i just mm-hmm. don't enjoy it so let me yep. know that so start with number 11 for you work your way up let me hear it and and 11 so i'm including the the two extras the the point fivers right um, Solo and Rogue One. Yeah, so we're going to include anything that was a theatrical release. So the nine movies plus Solo and Rogue One is what we're okay. going to do. We're going to leave Disney out. Disney can be a whole nother podcast for us down the road. Yeah, I forget where I put Solo. I know I put it low, but I think I put one the lowest. Mm-hmm. And did? I did these based on whether or not I want to rewatch it. Okay, yeah. And I don't, even though it has such an emotional connection for me, because it's the first one I got to see in theaters, and that was really special. When I prepped for seven, eight, nine, I didn't watch one. <laughs> and why? I mean, what what is it about one that you're just like? And again, this is at the magical moment to where you are nine, ten years old. Yeah, it's just so basic and childlike, and it doesn't have enough complexity for me like I loved Jar Jar Binks when it came out like who didn't love Jar Jar Binks (laughs) but you said you wanted to fight right you did love Jar Jar Binks you want to argue no he's just cute but I don't want to see I don't want to watch it again (laughs) you know like it's that's that's a problem for me so I had to put it at the worst (laughs) so so Jar Jar for you which for a lot of people like myself a little bit older Jar Jar was uh, the the reason, one of the biggest reasons for us to point and say, oh, this is this is why Lucas is ru- ruining the prequels. But I, this is interesting because, again, you're coming from the generation after mine. Yeah, I was a child. Jar Jar was cute. <laughs> and, that's, and Lucas has always been very upfront with he wants to have the cute stuff like the Ewoks, Jar Jar, because these are for kids. Yep. And a lot of us grownups now, we don't. We don't care. Yeah. We don't well, want that. But that's why I don't want to rewatch it. But I have fond memories. <laughs> so did did anything with the, well, I guess we'll, we'll get into, to, uh, that's more of a different movie. I was going to say about the romance between Anakin and Padme with you being preteen or something. Did that do anything for you? That bothered me. So I, I also liked one because I liked the potential of being a random person who ends up finding based on a blood test yeah. <laughs> that I, I have the force, you know? And so that was also really cool as a kid. I think they did that kind of like, you're a peasant, but you could be a Jedi. Um, no, I didn't. I still, even watching back, it still bothered me. Like, I get that he aged, but I just... I, he was a child, right? And then, like, not long after, there was a romantic connection. And I understand he technically evolved, but I always saw a little Anakin in my head. So that bothered me a little bit. So let me ask you. So in episode one, for mm-hmm. a lot of people, 
had one of the greatest villains that unfortunately got uh, shorted and died off really quick, at least within the theatrical, uh, the movies, uh, in the animated series and stuff. I'm talking about Darth Maul, mm-hmm. who ends up, uh, and we're not spoiling this for anybody nowadays. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen it, I mean, tough luck. Yeah, You know, in the animated show, which is canon, Darth Maul actually survives, and his story is fascinating. Did you like Darth Maul as the villain in episode one, at least? Does that stand out for you? The double-bladed lightsaber, the the lightsaber scene? He had cool gadgets, I get that, but I like the complexity. Like, I like Vader a lot. Like, that is complex, and you can see, and I don't want to start alluding to my top... But like that to me is just so cool. Like I like the complexity. I even like, um, anyway, we'll get into the other movies. But yeah, no, Maul was not impressive to me. I'm actually shocked. I didn't watch that animated series. I watched uh, The Bad Batch and another one, but the Disney ones. So. Well, I, I will say, so we're not talking the animated stuff, but I will recommend, and I will say, I'll go on record, I prefer the animated and where they took it all and it was and it's it's more of the star wars that i wanted star wars to be but we, we, that again a whole nother episode so episode one the phantom menace for you is number 11 number 10 you have on your list is solo and so what's up with solo being solo <laughs> It was fine. It felt short for me. Like I thought it should have. I I just thought they had a lot of space with the character, and it fell short. I also have such fond memories of four, five, six that, and I don't remember actors' names, so sorry in advance. Sure. But Han Solo to me, as a young guy, is like four, five, six. He wasn't that old in four, five, six, and so it was like a little hard seeing such a different characterization of a young Han Solo. And I didn't love that. But then additionally, it didn't carry the storyline forward the same way that like a Rogue One did. And it didn't have as much meaning for me the same way a Rogue One did. So I said it initially, it kind of apples to oranges. It's not that I dislike it. I don't think I watched again. So if it's on again or somebody's watching it or you go home and your little brother has it on or something. I'm not going to change the channel, but I'm not going to start it. Yeah, I I, I agree with you so far because, uh, you know, two of the ones that you've mentioned are in my bottom six as well. Yeah. And uh, I think you alluded a little bit at the beginning of the podcast here at some point that our lists are actually kind of similar, which is kind of eerie. When I, when I saw your list and I was kind of combining them and putting together, for the most part, they are very similar. Only maybe a couple are. movies, I think, had a little difference. But I, I'm not going to, I wouldn't necessarily argue much about it. So, yep. uh, so episode one. Wait, are you going to share bottom, your bottoms? Solo for you is number 10. And then yeah. number nine, you have. I have, oh, <laughs> I'm so mad. Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> the latest Star Wars movie oh. that was released at number nine. I actually left the theater mad. I just, I was, uh, the last, the last two, for sure, but the last one, 100%, yeah, and I have them ranked the right way. Yeah, I, I left upset. I just was, uh, it felt 
too predictable and repetitive and anticipatory. And I know, I know a lot of the series you can anticipate, but I don't know. I, I still, when I think about it, I'm like, come on, you wasted an opportunity. That's how I felt. It just, I, I felt like I anticipated a lot of it. Like I felt like I guessed and just knew what was happening around the corner. And like, it was too repetitive. It was like a similar storyline repeating itself. Do you think that the problem with episodes seven, eight, and nine, as well as solo? Yep. And again, my my movies, and I'll I'll go through mine quickly after we get through yours, very, very similar. Do you think a lot of that had to do with the turmoil of directors and who was in charge of the movies with solo? I forget the original directors that were on there. They got fired because it wasn't going the way that Disney or uh, what, what's her name? Uh, what's uh, Kennedy or oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I forget the, uh, the head of star Wars, uh, the department for Disney didn't like the way it was going. So fired the original directors for solo brought in Ron Howard. Mm-hmm. He had to kind of piecemeal things together. Seven, eight, nine. You have J.J. Abrams coming in at seven. Uh, Ryan Johnson, is that yeah, his name? I think so. No, no, no. Now, and then J.J. having to come back because there was so much backlash for eight. I know. And there just wasn't enough. For me, I think it was a continuity of storyline to where you had guys taking it all over the place, but no one to carry through the story. And I think that's. Kind of what happened with nine, it was the sense that they had to, JJ had to come back and kind of fix a few things, mm-hmm. which didn't make sense. So I would say yes, right? Like that's, that almost seems like it has to be the answer, but I was watching a documentary not long ago and I'm not going to quote this perfectly. So fix it where I'm wrong. But I think I remember them saying it was on the creating Star Wars, mm-hmm. the first three, that they had an entirely different movie and in editing, they changed the entire movie the first time around. Like, it was an entirely different thing. And then they just changed the whole storyline. And so it was like sitting down strategically and saying, no, this, this isn't actually the creative direction we wanted to take. And they didn't fully allude to what went wrong or what was bad about the first one. But they were like, Star Wars was almost not the Star Wars. When you're Wars. saying the first one, you're meaning episode four, four. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The very not- first and I think what you're referring to, and I, I think I watched the exact same documentary. Uh, it was George Lucas's first wife who was working with him that basically mm. in the editing portion of the movie took out a bunch of stuff that just wasn't necessary, but actually gave him some of the ideas of tightening up the storyline to where it actually made sense or it, yep. it was a better a better fit for the storyline going forward. So it's like they've always had turmoil with directors and producers and editors. Like that is kind of the Star Wars history. It's like, come on, people. But have a little creative license. Do something a little different. Like the the father plot line with Han Solo too. I was like, come on. Don't we don't need daddy drama again. Like, oh it it, it was very it, it did get repetitive, although you go back to Lucas's original intent with the cadence and its poetry repetition of things over and over again. So I get it where that's how they 
make the excuse for for doing things kind of over again because it's supposed to kind of rhyme. The certain storylines rhyme from four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, or one, two, and three. I think the problem is, and the major difference with the turmoil that I was talking about is at least with four, five, and six, you had George Lucas was the guy, and then you had his wife and everybody else under him. It was still his vision going forward. Sure. Whereas with seven, eight, nine, and even with Solo and actually Rogue One had the same issue. You had a completely different guy get changed out, and then the yeah. storyline completely changes. So seven, eight, nine, you had JJ come in with something to where he thought where they would want to take the storyline from seven to eight to nine and have, okay, this is where we kind of want to end up in nine. Ryan Johnson comes in at eight and he's like, fuck it, I'm I'm changing everything just to kind of screw with everybody, which I would have preferred to see. Either JJ take all three or Ryan Johnson take all three. And then and be different. That's fine. Do whatever you want, but at least have some consistency in where the storyline goes. Yeah. I think it's also just a little creative license behind the metaphor. Like I, I get we want them to have consistency and rhyme. And like I think you can have that and I'll push a little deeper. It almost it felt to me. So I'll, I'll never forget the first time I saw the second Spider-Man of my lifetime. And I distinctly remember being like, what? They can't remake Spider-Man. And my dad was like, are you kidding me? You, your Spider-Man is not Spider-Man. And I was like, oh, how dare they? You know, and it, it felt a little bit like that. Obviously not as starkly terrible as that, right. right? It's not as like obvious as what they do there. But it still felt kind of similar. When instead, I think you could have gone deeper or explored differently like what what the tv series i would say are doing today is like they're going deeper they're exploring differently they're approaching it very differently but the themes and the the values are still there and they're still the same and so that's that's really where i only rank this one that low because it was the last one and i think it had a lot of space and it just fell short for me i agree with you on that uh, our movies on the bottom six are not that far off. We've had 11 for you, episode one, The Phantom Menace, then The Solo, episode nine, Rise of Skywalker, and then your number eight is the movie right before that we were just talking about, Ryan Johnson's episode eight, The Last Jedi. Yeah, number eight. It's the same problem as number nine. It's the same problem for me. The only reason I rank it higher is because I don't put as much pressure on it because it wasn't the last episode in that trilogy honestly that's the only reason it's above nine for me is because i put more pressure on the the final concluding episode is there anything in particular with eight let's say that you that sticks out for you that you just you're so you just hate <laughs> the, um i this better be eight <laughs> when she crashed her ship and it killed everything. Like all you had to do was hyper jump and have one martyr crash their ship and it solved the problem. Where was that move earlier? Oh, like, I, when they went jumped. to hyperspace and then it it, yes. it went through the Star Destroyer and destroyed yes, it that. It quite literally jumped the shark. Like you're telling me we had no martyr willing to do this a long time. Like, And it was just like so obvious. It was like, oh, oh, solved all the problem. They all died. Like what? You, 
no, you can't. And then also, that was also the, I hope this is also the episode. This is the other reason I dislike it. This is also the episode where like Leia travels through space without dying. Yeah. That, I love that Leia finally came to her powers. That was great. But like, come, I mean, we got to have a little science, right? Like, can't go, come, she'd be dead. Like, she'd be dead instantly. Like, the force wrapped around her body, cocooned her, and kept her from freezing to death and suffocating. Her skin was just this dewy crystal, you know, she looks so good. And then she just no. kind of reaches out and flies back inside. Yeah, the force connections also bugged me throughout this entire trilogy. I felt like the force connections were a little too vivid. It was like being on FaceTime with someone. Mm -hmm. Well, that's because they're Kylo and uh, Ray, right? With their yeah. force connection. And it's it, it they're... was like they were FaceTiming. My memory of a force connection is more spiritual and cerebral and not like I'm looking at you. And the way they presented it, you know. It, that's why they were at, what is it, a dyad? Isn't that a dyad? Yeah, yeah, a dyad because they were I, so connected. They had a way to explain it fine, but like, you know. I, I'm with you on every single one of those and probably 50 other things as well as <laughs> characters I absolutely hated in that movie. I remember sitting there for eight from the very beginning of the movie. And that's where Poe is in front of the Star Destroyer and there he was having that kind of funny, I guess, smart ass conversation with the Star Destroyer guy. The humor was just a huge miss for me. And the entire time, the entire time sitting in the movie theater, I told my wife, I had this pissed off look on my face. Like I was more than, I was like disgusted with the movie. I was ready to walk out and I never, I make fun of people that, you know, oh, I'm walking out of, I thought the movie was trash from the very get go. And I was so disappointed. I felt personally attacked in a sense that I was like, you know what? After seven, I was like, okay, well, let's just, let's just, let's see how the trilogy ends up. So I'm not, I, I, I remember saying, you know, seven was very similar to the original trilogy, Death Star again and the trench or what, but let's see where we go. Cause it's the first of three movies. And I'm like, okay. So I, I sit down for eight and I, I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? And it was one thing after another. You said with the Leia, and then they go to that gambling colony on Canto Blight oh, for some I reason. Forgot about that. <laughs> uh, the character of Rose and that whole thing, and I'm like, I, I don't. What is going on? Yep. And as much as I. I, I do dislike that movie. And that's one of my bottom two movies that I probably will never, ever have a desire to watch. I still would say if you just give Ryan Johnson all three movies, also, I would have I would rather have seen where he was wanting to take it then. As opposed to him trying to change whatever he didn't like that J.J. did first. And then they were like, well, we don't like what Ryan did. So let's bring J.J. back to change things that Ryan did. Yep. So we never progressed with anything. No, I think that's why I like nine less is because fine. You had me in eight. I was really bothered by a lot of things that happened, 
but I committed this far and then they got to nine and it was like, what? Like, you're not even, you're not even going to move forward with the weird shit that happened in eight. We're just going to switch gears here. How I think dare he was, you? I think JJ felt painted in a corner and yeah. there was only so many things he can do, especially like yeah. bringing back Palpatine again. And like the whole funny thing is like the rebels are back and they're, they're planning their mission. And just to explain Palpatine being back, I think it was Poe that was like, and, and somehow Palpatine's back. And that was the only line to explain the whole thing. And you're just like, oh, okay, that sounds good to me. It, yeah, the, oh, the, okay, you need to have an, a, a better villain each time. Like, this is 101, right? Like, the bad guy needs to get bigger and different and more interesting. You can't just bring back the old villain, and you also can't just bring back the old weapons. Like, the evolution of the Death Star into the planet not creative enough for me. Come on, technology. Really? That's all we got? Death Star is just in a planet now? Oh, wait, and getting rid of the Death Star? Very similar. You have to, like, perfectly shoot the middle of the thing. Not interesting. <laughs> I know. Well, you mentioned the bad guy. Mm -hmm. And it has to be hard to follow up what is probably the greatest villain or representative of the greatest villain of all time in Darth Vader. How do you come up with a better vil villain than Darth Vader? And I really thought that with Kylo Ren and how I thought they were going to take him, and I, I thought that uh, whoever, the, what's the actor's name that played Kylo Ren? Um, whatever his name is. Yeah. I'm blanking out. Adam He's a good actor. Yes. He's, I thought he, you thought, I thought he was really well cast. And I thought he was an excellent cast for it. Okay. And I thought what I, what I initially was thinking where they could take his character and even Ray at the time, I was like, this could be interesting. I mean, wait, wait, where do you think it would go? I'm so curious. I, I honestly, you, I, you would have saved me in episode eight if when Kylo Ren reached out his hand, and ask Ray to join him, and she would. It was him and her to go do something, and then somehow between eight and nine, or through nine, they ended up switching roles. So Ray ends up being like the bad guy, Ooh. just to change things up. And then he, so he turns from bad to good, but she turns from good to bad. And she goes too bad, so he has to go good. And so yeah, so just to kind of balance it out or whatever, but. It would have been different. It would have made things interesting, but they didn't. And then they just, they went kind of the the weird, easy way out by having this kind of love thing that didn't make any sense to me. Oh, so bad. It was so at bad. All. And then, you know, so no, there, totally... there was a lot of things that they could have probably done if they were wanting to be super different and they just didn't get yeah. the opportunity to do that. Okay, so, so what I wanted to happen though, just yeah, really quick, tell me the opposite. I wanted him to go good, but like false good because of like a false desire for what he thought he needed out of life, which is this like romantic relationship with this woman, whatever, and then end up going evil. Like I wanted him to be the big villain in the end. And it was like sort of a battle in his mind. And he's like, okay, this is what I always should have done. This is what my family wanted me to do. I'm in a moment of weakness because I'm upset that I killed my father. This woman is really pulling me and gravitating me towards her. Okay, I'm going to go good. And then it's kind of like three all over again. 
as episode nine, where he just like, he can't stay good. Like, it's just not, it doesn't work. And he ends up being evil. Like, that's what I wanted to happen. And I was like, no, you can't have just like, it was just, and then the whole like saving each other's lives things. No, no. Yeah, that that was weird too. And then we we can't save lives with the force. Like that's the whole, what is this? That's not supposed to be the good side of the force. Are you, by chance, are you a Harry Potter person? I am, but I'm not a book. I'm not a full book person. So I read them once. Now I'm more than once. Just to go back on to episode nine, the ending of it with Palpatine mm-hmm. and Ray and that whole fight scene, that was a that's a direct ripoff of Harry Potter with Voldemort and Harry at the very end of that thing to where they're both pointing their wands and doing this. Yeah, and, and there's like a connection. And then all of a sudden she wins out and then he explodes just like, Vol- I was like, that's the exact scene from. And her taking the strength from the other Jedi. I was like, what? It was yeah. problematic. It was it was weird. All right. So it's it's lucky where we started with the, the bad ones here, because then we're gonna get into the good ones. So at eleven, episode one, the Phantom Menace for you, solo, episode nine, Rise of Skywalker, number eight for you, episode eight, The Last Jedi. And then at seven, you have episode seven, The Force Awakens. So you have the last, the most recent three movies at, in your bottom six. Mm-hmm. So tell me, tell me what your issue is then with episode seven, which we were all super excited to see where they could take Star Wars. Yeah, it's it's not actually. So once I think we've for me, we've now crossed a line to where I'm not debating the worst of the worst anymore. Now I'm switching gears to I do actually think, obviously, because I'm a fan that there's so much good and then we got into struggle of placement. So I would argue from here up, I'm talking the best of the best. Okay. Well, before I was talking the worst of the worst. So I would so actually can, put this in a different category. So can we say for you, eight on down are movies that you really have no desire to see anymore? So episode Correct. eight, nine, solo, and, and episode one for you are movies that you're just like, yeah, I'm yep, not, not going to watch it. Yeah, but seven, seven backwards in time plus uh rogue one no i'm very i'm very here for it so yeah this is this is like a least good of the best yeah and 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 they're they're gonna have to fall that way anyways and i agree with you there i uh seven is also another one that i think you and i have fairly close to each other and i would watch it again mm-hmm. was it the perfect movie no, was it a copycat of the original trilogy? Uh, it is very, very similar. Death Star again, or the planet that looks like a Death Star, but bigger. I don't know what the the line was in the movie where they made fun of that. But Seven, you're saying, is a movie that is the least of the ones that you would actually watch again. Yeah, I would definitely watch it again. I don't have bad feelings about it. It's just, the only reason, honestly, I think it doesn't rank higher for me is the rest of the trilogy, I think, drags it down. And I didn't like the Death Star repetition, and I didn't like the Father repetition. Like, that stuff bummed me out. But other than that, I love, love Ray, love her character and what I thought could happen with, like, her lineage and where that was going. I loved the Stormtrooper, like love a transition, like give me that happening. That's so great. And then I, um, I'm going to forget the name. The woman with the glasses who lived in like the weird world. Who oh, had the little the frog lady. 
Yes. Yeah. I love that part. Like I wanted more of that. I was like, let's spend more time there. Like we didn't even have to escalate to meeting. And then Kylo Ren, I thought was probably the best in that movie. So I was happy with all of those things. It was more, I, I feel like it, it just didn't get to go to fruition. And any of the trilogies were really hard for me because I ranked them together. Like you'll see they're almost all next to each other. It was very yeah. hard for me to separate the trilogies. Yeah, Seven, uh, I, I agree with you there too. There was a lot of just nostalgia and feels for me when it came out, watching the movie again, seeing Han and Chewie walk on the Millennium Falcon again after we that hadn't seen them forever. Cool Chewie, we're home. And I, my, I, you know, my, the hairs on my arm go up. There was a lot of things. I agree with you with Ray. I was like, oh, I, I think she's going to be a great character to find out where she's going to go. But the, the harbinger and all of this is at the very end where Kylo, who's this supposed to be this kind of trained Sith Ray beats him pretty good but then people say well he was wounded because he got shot by what Chewie after he killed Han or whatever and so he wasn't really Chewie like shooting full him that whole moment though was so great Chewie shooting him I was like fuck yeah Chewie sorry Wait, that, well, that, and that's another one that gave me chills was when Han died and fell over but then the reaction from Chewie crying out and screaming like I just talking about it now gives me like chills on it there's so a lot of things that I do like about episode seven, kind of in the middle for me with all the other movies. But it was one to where I really thought, OK, we have somewhere to go with this. And I'm excited to see where they take it. And I remember saying, I'm going to withhold judgment until I see eight and nine and all of it put together before I, I place my final judgment on seven. Here's mine really quickly. Very similar to yours. So my my worst one of all of them. And we're, uh, we're slightly different on this one. Mm -hmm. Episode two, Attack of the Clones, is my bottom movie of all the movies. But it's right there with episode eight, The Last Jedi, for me. As for me, those are just two what I would consider unwatchable movies, just in my opinion. Like, I, I just, I have zero desire. And like, everything about the entire movie kind of bothers me. For Can whatever reason, Solo you, is my number on, nine. Before you jump on, you don't give them leniency for being in the middle, which I think is interesting. I kind of like gave them leniency as like a build-up movie, both of them. Yeah, no, I. Yes, and I, I, I understand what you're saying there, and the movies are so bad for me that that even taking that into consideration, being the middle movies. They were so badly done. I just, I, I'm just not, I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, so yeah. going back to kind of what you said with how part of your evaluation in these movies are your desire to kind of watch them again, or just how entertained you are with them. Mm -hmm. 10 and 11 for me, episodes eight, episode two for me, attack of the clones, probably never watch again. I've got the yeah. movies. I bought the DVDs. I've got the Blu-rays on them. I'll just, I'll never watch it. I just have no he desire. Blu-ray. <laughs> Number nine for me is solo. I just, mm -hmm. I, I didn't get it. It just, it wasn't interesting for me. Number eight, episode one, the Phantom Menace. The only save, well, two saving graces for me in that movie. One was the Darth Maul and the uh, fighting scene at the very end. And then the pod racing scene and why this matters for me. 
is at the time that this movie came out, the pod racing scene, and this was 1999-2000, was the DVD that you would test your system with for audio because of the, the, the audio sound of the pod racing scene was, and you know, everybody had these movie rooms we were building and big screen TVs, DVDs were out surround sound. So everybody was making these big movie rooms in their homes, early two thousands. That scene, the pod racing scene was one of the movies that you would, that's what you pop into your DVD to test out your sound system. They'd be like, Oh man, this, this movie room is awesome. Listen to the pods yeah, on like, here. They're not just racing around. Is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? I need context on that. <laughs> so that so that was one to where I it brings back other memories because that was uh, one to where I was a big movie buff. That scene right there is is always kind of a positive thing for me. So there's there's two things for the Phantom Menace that I did like. Uh, number seven for me was Episode Nine, Rise of Skywalker. I just. <laughs> I would rate that even lower if I could. They're just those other four movies. I I just don't like them that much more. Uh, and then we get into the number six, where I'm kind of in that same situation, where six on up uh, for me is going to be movies that I will probably watch several times over. So yeah. let's go ahead and do your six, six to number one. What? Chelsea, what are your top six Star Wars movies? Yeah, so starting at six, <laughs> your worst movie is my number six. Be I get why you don't like it. I can I can guess. I could just guess, or at least why I don't like it. I don't love the love scenes. I like I like the gray. I like anything with gray, and I think they're starting to develop gray. Like they. It's the evolution of one of the best villains ever. And so that holds yeah. so near and dear to my heart. And I don't think, here's the other reason I was shocked that you put middle movies at the bottom. I don't think I can love four, five, six the way I love four, five, six without truly appreciating two and definitely loving three. So that is why I put that there. Like it puts, I actually don't know that I thought Vader was such an amazing villain until you see two and three. I think they set a stage and they create a villain and they create a character. So that is where I'm putting two at six. Is I and you're, feel you're so absolutely great. valid and absolutely right. And I 100% agree with you. Watching, it's your worst movie, though. It's your Watching movie. somebody fall from grace yeah. and turn into the darkest character in the galaxy and how does that happen? And you actually kind of feel sorry for him. Like you see the reasons why. Yeah. I agree with you so much on it. I think the execution was shit is why. <laughs> no, it's and nothing it's on Hayden Christensen, the acting. And I, this is my big problem with most of the movies, not only the theatrical release movies that we're talking about, but, but a lot of the Disney movies. I don't understand why the acting is so poor with some of the characters, especially now that with Disney plus we've got big budgets. There is no reason why you're casting terrible actors. Yeah. And, and that's what you have. You uh, just absolutely terrible. And 
Let me check myself. Because I, I don't necessarily, Hayden Christensen's he's not an Academy Award winning actor, but the way he, he had to portray Anakin was kind of forced upon him by Lucas. It's a certain style that Lucas wanted him to play. I get it. So I don't necessarily blame Hayden Christensen, but I just don't like the way it was executed. I agree yeah. with everything you said. Watching how he becomes this person. Oh, yeah. I Oh, yeah. That I, yeah. yes. Yeah. I just don't think it was done well. No, I, I think that's very fair. Like, it, I actually, I hear the acting. I, looking back, I'm more, I can't tell if it's like the editing or the cutting in between scenes. It's like, I almost wish, but maybe this is acting. I just wish they gave more time to just kind of sit in the silence and the emotional distress and turmoil of the character. And I don't think that was, it, it was like we couldn't allow for a pause. Like we couldn't allow for emotional discomfort. And so I, I put it less on the actor. Maybe it is an actor, but to me it was more an editing, how they cut the scenes together. I don't even know the technical words for this, but. I, I think it's a, I think it's, it's a direction thing. And I think that is a huge issue with Lucas not only with his direction, but with his writing. And he's notorious for being a terrible script writer for mm. what they have to say. And I think a lot of the documentaries that I've seen that are out there, they, they all kind of just say the same thing. He's, he even admit, admits it, I believe, that he's just not a really good script writer. He, yeah. he can visualize a fantastic universe that's super cool, but dialogue is yeah. not his thing at all. And, and it certainly isn't. And unfortunately for Hayden Christensen and even Natalie Portman looks awful. And she is an Academy Award winning actress. I mean, I she's know. really good. And it, it is it is shocking to think how good she is <laughs> and to watch her in these three movies. It is it's rough. And I'm just terrible at names like this. I'm terrible at names because I'm a twin, by the way. I've been called the wrong name my whole life and I just don't put value to them. Han Solo, the real actor's name is... Harrison Ford. Okay, Harrison Ford's ability to execute the shittiest lines ever in the most amazing way. That's why I have to put Solo low as like a side note. We're not talking about that. But in terms of acting, Lucas gets away with it because he got lucky. Like Harrison Ford is just like, excuse me, I'll take these shit lines and I'll make them an industry. <laughs> like, I will transform cinema with your crappy writing. But do you know, I think the magic that Harrison Ford had with Han Solo and it goes back to what you just said two minutes ago, is his ability to, with this, and I'm, mm -hmm. for people that are mm -hmm. that are just listening, I'm, I'm, I'm making a, a circle around my face, his acting with his sarcasm and his portrayal of the Han Solo attitude comes with him not necessarily saying things, but it's his visual expressions when he's not saying things. Mm -hmm. that's the magic of Harrison Ford yep. is not saying the dialogue that Lucas can't write. Yeah, no, I, I think that's totally, totally fair. Yeah. So yes. So I put, I put it two. I put it at six because I love the Vader evolution. I love the gray. I love the dark. I love the turmoil. I love the real. So I put it there. Um, Rogue one. I was blown away. I was, I just loved Rogue One. I wanted more of Rogue One and I understand how that would be hard to do, but I loved it. I loved that it, it added depth to the story that I already love. I 
I know what happens at the end of it, right? Like I know where those plans go and what those plans do and why those plans matter. And I just think they went, they went, they nailed it. They went perfectly deeper in a space. Rogue One, remind me, Rogue One came out after um, eight, but before nine. Ooh, good question. When did Rogue One come out? Because Rogue One, initially what they were wanting to do was a standalone movie in between the big movies. So yeah, Rogue One came out first. So that was after seven. So it was seven, then Rogue One, then eight, and then Solo. Solo was a disaster. So Disney's like, we're not doing these anymore. And then everything's going on Disney+. Plus. Okay, so that makes more sense. Because my one of my responses as well with Rogue One was like, what happened to eight? And I, I liked eight. I didn't put it that low, right, technically. But I just, I was so fired up. I was waiting for it. I was ready to go. I was like, yes, go deeper in a storyline I love with interesting, complex characters who also we don't need to live. Like, I like that concept too. Like, their lives don't really matter. So we can do whatever we want to them. And did you happen to, and I know how you have mentioned how much you've hated some of the director's commentary but even some of the documentaries on Rogue One and how much of a disaster that movie was Ooh, I didn't three quarters of the way through. And that's why they got rid of the director, the director and brought in a new one who basically reshot the movie. And if you notice a lot of the trailer footage, if you go back in time, a lot of the trailer footage is nowhere to be seen in the movie because there were the trailers that came out for Rogue One were bad ass. Yeah. I mean, they were so good. And you're like, this is, I remember everybody was saying this Rogue One coming up. This is the Star Wars that the grownups want. Insurgents and dirty mm -hmm. and, you know, mm -hmm. stormtroopers were all dirty and beat up. The heads mm -hmm. were on pikes. This is the one that, you know, I don't know if I want to bring my kids to. Perfect. And the director, I, I, I usually have the names right off the top of my head. I don't know why I can't rem remember them tonight three quarters of the way down with the movie and Disney did not like what was going on and basically put him on the back back seat and brought in um, a new director who I think might be the one that's doing Andor. Is that right? I wonder, there's so many similarities there. I mean, besides just the character, right? Um, and the actors, but yeah, I'm not sure. I really do wonder. I do I do think it stood alone so well. I also, the, the other thing that I would add to it is I, I really appreciate something that can technically stand on its own. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if sticking on the trilogy chain, train was the problem with some of these other things. Right. Like even really quality series that are miniseries and they commit to it from the beginning. Like that's it. We are starting this and we are ending it. I think you have so much more space and freedom. You don't have to like plan for some hypothetical longevity of these characters. And they're doing prequels of these characters. So now right. there is longevity of them. So they nailed it, you know? Well, the, the whole thing with Rogue One, you said this, we know where it ends up. We know mm -hmm. every single one of them is going to die. And knowing that, and as everything gets kind of ramped up in the movie, and you're just like, oh my God, they're doing all this. And we all know where this ends was like so sad, but it's what I love. I mean, Rogue One from the get go has always been one of my more favorite movies. Mm -hmm. But I remember coming out of Rogue One, a lot of people, a lot of the critics were, 
said that there's a lot of problems with with the movie itself, a lot of holes in there, and I'm like, I, I don't care, I just enjoy it. Yeah, I I don't know, I didn't, I, I can't even name things that felt like holes. Did you think it was dark enough? Because I didn't know there was, it was originally darker and then they just it off. I didn't know any of this. Yeah, it, it was, it, initially it was like super dark. I and then like uh, the new so guy came darker. in and they, they, uh, they changed a few things. And an interesting note here, and we had mentioned the poll that I did on Instagram this week on uh, the people on the Tossing Salad podcast what their top three movies are in Star Wars. Mm. Guess what was number one? Rogue One. Rogue One. Really? Rogue One, followed by a tie between episode four and episode five. So A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, two and three, a tie. Rogue One was number one. I, I was, I, I, that surprised me. I'm, I like want to make age assumptions. <laughs> like I want to be an ageist with this. <laughs> you can look at my insights. I, I think my followers actually skewed older. Really? They skew older and they're like 80% female, but whatever you want to do with that. I mean, I, I liked I liked it so much because it was dark, because it was everything, but you can't touch the original. We've talked about all the reasons why for me. So that's untouchable. And then I'll do my four. Okay. And I know you're not going to, well, I think you do like this too, but Revenge of the Sith for me, like episode three for me, if I didn't love four, five, six so much, well, actually four, five, six didn't exist. It wouldn't have a purpose or meaning because four, five, six, it holds meaning because of this villain who I love so much, Vader. And I freaking loved it. I also, it's just so good. It's so good. Like, let's see the good guy burning a volcano. <laughs> like, holy shit. Um, it's awesome. I agree. I, I think episode three is still the darkest of all the movies, at least here on this theatrical list that we have. Yes. It is one of my most enjoyable Star Wars movies to watch. It's very high on my list. We'll go over my list here in just a second. The, the scene, I mean, there's some goofy stuff in here also, but the scene between Obi-Wan and Anakin at the very end, where you feel the love that they have for each other, the hatred that Anakin is now feeling for Obi-Wan, feeling betrayed, and watching that whole thing play out and the burning in the lava scene was like, I can't believe we went there, but we did mm -hmm. the killing of the younglings. I was like, let's kill some more. I'm, I'm just like, I wanted it to go super dark. And obviously we knew they weren't going to show a bunch of that stuff, but to see Anakin get to this point, And this goes back to what you were saying with episode two and watching somebody fall to get to the point to where he is now this dark, evil person. I, I love the execution of it for episode three. It's so, yes, I totally agree. So I have my undergrad degree. I studied genocide. Oh. <laughs> so very weird turn. But my favorite, favorite is a weird word when you're talking about genocide. My favorite theory, my favorite prevailing theory in explaining why tragedies occur is around humanism and it's the belief that like everyone holds good and evil at every time mm -hmm. so you know they they were 
studying generals in the Holocaust and they're like, these people are not coming back insane. Like these seem to be sane individuals who have loving wives and children and people couldn't deal with that. And that's where humanism evolved was like, people are both good and evil. Like people are complex and there's complexity there. And so this episode for me, I think does now, and this is why I have to like two too, because I feel like you can't like three without liking two in my personal opinion, but it does it for me. Like it's so good in bringing that out. And I think it makes, um, I have to keep, keep counting. It makes six so good. Like without this episode six and seeing the sort of like very short comeback, like way too short. Like you do not get to see enough emotional turmoil and how quickly he suddenly cares for his son. The but redemption it, you mean for Vader yeah, the, at, the, at the end? Yeah, it's just not, it's not deep enough for me. It's deep enough because three exists. Like it's deep enough because you know the depth of the character is there and you know it's possible and like they explore humanism in a beautiful way. The idea that like you can be in your lizard brain and have an emotional breakdown and kill a bunch of children out of nowhere and then switch to like love being such a big driver that you hate like i actually think it's hate in that scene and i think you're probably saying this like only driven by love like betrayal only matters because love was present mm -hmm. you know if love wasn't present someone can't betray you like trust right. wasn't there oh oh i love it so much i think it's amazing if i wasn't if i didn't have the emotional connection i had to the other three that may be my top and I, I think the execution of it all is why I like three and why I can't like two. <laughs> Although I, I understand what you're saying in why you say you, if you're going to like three, you have to bring two along with it. I, I agree with what you're saying. The execution for me is different. And that's why. And watching Anakin and watching Hayden Christensen being able to portray the betrayal, the love, and it almost makes you... Not like you agree with Anakin, but you see, you kind of, I, I kind of, I kind of understand his point. Yeah. You know, and I he's, you know, he Padme comes walking off the spaceship and then all of a sudden Obi-Wan's right behind her. He's thinking oh, Obi-Wan's getting a little, what's the deal between the two of you now? Mm hmm You know, so I, I, yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I, I definitely think more than most, they did a really good job having you potentially project where you could have a break and make such egregious decisions. And I know people be like, I would not, of course, of course, obviously you're also not carrying a lightsaber and like on a foreign planet. So like, let's don't even come at me with that. But to, for a half a second to act like any person isn't capable of evil acts, I think is like selling humanity short. And I don't know how you explain any of the terrible things that occur. And so instead to say like, yeah, it takes a lot of patience and hard work to like be composed. And it takes a lot of self-reflection. It takes a lot of energy and it is really easy to lose it. And like, if you've ever just lost it yelling at someone, or if you ever hit anyone, you know, like it's easy. And of course, they take it much further than that. But no, I totally agree. I think that I assume is one of few movies where people are like, oh, except for that, what was that murder trend on HBO that everybody was obsessed with? It was like a murderer. And everybody was like, oh, I could maybe be that murderer played by a guy that looks like Shia LaBeouf, but not him. Oh, I, I didn't see that. We only, we only get HBO like every, once every two years, then we just binge everything for a month yeah. and then we cancel Remember HBO. 
everyone loved it. I didn't watch it. But, you know, normally people are evil and they're evil. And like, I could never be said evil. And like, no one I know could ever be that evil. And like, that evil isn't real and it isn't touchable and it isn't something that's attainable. And it's like, nope, that evil is very attainable. But when you deal with like, twins, there's always one. So now it's, is it Chelsea or Brianna <laughs> that could turn to be the evil one? I mean, but I mean, in this series, there's no evil twin. Yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about you and Brianna. I mean, if if one of the two of you had to be the one that would fall to the dark side, who's it going to be? Who's a little bit darker? Okay, so while I am more direct and honest, I'd say about my darkness, I think that's exactly why I wouldn't be the one who falls. Okay, we'll we'll see. We'll see what she that, has to say. Yeah, I'd be I'd be curious, but I would only argue Brianna because I think she wears the Southern hospitality a lot more on the front. And then I think there's a lot more And then more she'll space. kill you when you're not expecting it. Yeah, there's like more space for a break. Just like, I'm done being polite. Well, I'm like, there's no polite. It's like, it doesn't spike because like, it's just, it's already there. It's like already, so it's kind of what you get. So if you guys are listening to this and you've made it this far, <laughs> Chelsea is twin sisters with Brianna, who we do quite a few podcasts, lives. We do a lot of interactions with on Instagram and she is beautifully bemused. So if you know who beautifully bemused is, you guys know who we're talking about. So we are on, we just finished up number five for you, which is rogue one. Episode three was number four, revenge of the Sith. And now your top three, Chelsea's top three star Wars movies. Bring it. Let's hear it. Yep. So it is five, six, four. And a lot of it, if you were tuning in at the very beginning, is, you know, my dad. And it's what created my love for the universe. And I just, the idea of putting Rogue One above the original trilogy is wild to me. Um, but yeah, it, it set the foundation for all of these other beautiful beautiful things to happen so yeah four, well here's here's the question then six, with such an influence in your from your dad with the star wars mm -hmm. and i know that a lot of people his age my age empire strikes back episode five is usually the number one of all the star wars movies how do you have that as third behind the other two then if he's had this much influence on you how is struggling. that three? I know I was struggling. I don't think he's tried to convince of like bests as much as just like draw love for it. I was struggling. I think I ended up going with the origin story and just like the creation of it. I also think it was before they got so they were still a little dirty. I don't know. I kind of think five and six especially six and I don't know why I put six as two now that I'm looking at it, but I did. So I'm going to roll with that. Um, <laughs> like kind of regretting that, but especially six got a little too good and evil. got like a little too black and white for me. Like I mentioned the redemption of Vader. I didn't think was as deep as it could have gone. And I'm trying to say all this with a really light tone because like the hatred I had about the other episodes we talked about, like, I don't want that present here. Like they're right. I'm talking about minute levels of bothersome. Um, 
but yeah, there's something about an or the origin story for me and the like the horizon and Luke walking on the horizon. It was just so amazing. And the droids for the first time. And I think the nostalgia of that is lost in the other episodes. Like there's not the introduction of the character anymore. So I'd say like the character introductions, the Han Solo introduction, the like Wookiee introduction, that even though it's not as deep and as interesting, it's before things get so black and white. It's before things get so like make a choice. Um, I don't actually, I'm going to keep six. I'm going to keep six number two, even though I had a momentary regret because there's a resolution and I, the, the five, and I know why everyone loved the five. My dad talked about it all the time. Like when he's left on the bridge, he was left on the bridge and I had to wait two years. I didn't have to wait two years. I don't think that helped. Right. My dad had to wait two years with him on the bridge, dying and lawn. Oh my God. Right. I didn't have to wait. <laughs> the, the great thing about four, five, and six. And really, I, I can, like I said earlier, I can come up with scenes throughout several, most of these movies, where it just elicits this, either the hairs on your arms will stand up, or you feel, I mean, you feel the scene. And we're not blessed with a lot of great acting all throughout any of these movies, but there's certain scenes that are just so powerful and four, five, and six, like Return of the Jedi for six, let's say the very end where Luke and Vader are fighting, going back and forth. And it's just probably 10 minute ordeal in the movie. And you have the emperor manipulating both of them, pulling the mm -hmm. strings, right? And you have Vader and Luke, kind of playing cat and mouse going back and forth. And then it gets brought in about his sister, which, you know, Vader finally figures it out and then Luke loses it. And then they just go at it. And Luke is finally like, he's tapping into the dark side as well. And he's just, just beating the shit out of Vader to the point mm -hmm. to where he, he overmatches him. And he gets to the point to where you, you feel the passion, you feel the hate that Luke is having towards Vader and he's beating him. And then the scene cuts to the emperor who's fucking just laugh. I mean, just like, Oh my God, this is awesome. This is exactly what I want to happen. Yeah. And then at that moment, Luke catches himself, stops, throws away the lightsaber says, I'm not, I'm not that person. Yep. And I think in all of this, I do want to mention in a lot of these scenes, they would not be the scenes without John Williams' score in the background. Without his composing of the music in the background, mm -hmm. these wouldn't be half the scenes that they are. Yep. But so, I mean, just so many scenes like that within four, five, and six that I just, I remember and I'm just like, oh. Yeah. I remember being a kid. And again, it may I may have a little bias in how I ranked mine. And we'll we'll go through mine real quick after we finish with yours. So I'm a little not I'm not surprised at the top, but yeah, no. I, I think the music also, and we haven't talked about that at all. The music 
And that's all I heard was how groundbreaking the music was. Well, I would say when I was watching them, I think it was already repeating. Not that music, but I think the concept of music being used in that way and like customized in that way was already so repetitive in media. Like the way my dad talks about how the music was used in the first three movies was just like nothing that had ever been seen or fathomed before. And I honestly think it's why they don't seem old school to me. Yeah, well, like, I mean, it's, it's the use of symphony orchestras to score the music. I mean, that's just timeless music uh -huh. and instruments that you're using. I mean, we're not using an 80s soundtrack of, he you know, heavy hair metal bands in the mm -hmm. background. You know, Darth Vader and Luke are fighting and it's just, you know, it's, it, I, I, yeah. Is do you remember the scene where Darth Maul dies? I think it's Darth Maul. I think it's this scene and you can see the strings when he's falling down the hole. Darth Maul? Mm-hmm. When he gets cut up in episode one? Mm-hmm. You can see the strings. I don't remember, but it wouldn't surprise me that that snuck in, you know? There, there were just moments in one, two, three where I was like, how are the special effects worse? Like, what did you people do? And if you go back to four, five, six, I think I really, and what you're saying, it's the, it's the music, it's the acting, it saves a lot of what could seem as outdated special effects. The, just listening to some of the things that I, it sounds like you appreciate in some of these movies, I would really, when you have the opportunity, give the animated shows a shot all the way through. There's going to be some that where you're like, oh, I mean, this is... Um, I, Clone Wars and what's the other one? Uh, Rebels. I've seen a lot of Rebels. But you're going to have to watch. There's there's a lot of episodes on there that I would put those episodes up as high as some of these shows. Like they are so good and they really fill yeah. in a lot of the background that you and I have talked about in wanting to know what leads up to certain things. And the motivation behind evil, gray area stuff. If you're into yeah. this gray area stuff, that's one of the long running themes. You get into gray Jedi's, all that stuff. I know, I do, I do, I do. The and I've heard this like my uh, <laughs> my husband and our friend Mikey. They're like all of that they've seen, and then the fan fiction, like they have. Yeah, fan the, like a little, quality a fighting. Too geeky for me. Oh, but, uh, they've read it all. They have the yeah. quality fighting lightsaber. I should have brought that up here. It's downstairs in my husband's office. It's like it can actually be used for fencing. Wow. It is a fighting grade lightsaber. <laughs> oh, they're the whole nine. So I know I've been convinced there's something about the people element that it kind of it makes it a little harder for me to connect with the cartoons. Even though I've seen the cartoons. It doesn't get as deep for me just because it misses the human face and the reactions. Luke's, the actor who plays Luke, who I can't, Mark him, uh, yes, another reason I'll put six as number two, mm -hmm. his acting and the quality of what he betrays in six, I, it felt little, it wasn't as amazing in five. I wouldn't say it wasn't good, right? But six, especially that last scene with Vader, I just feel like he was at his peak with the character. Like he was just fully Absolutely. embodiment. That that so. was yeah. It's exactly why I love six. I understand what you're saying with the animated, yeah, about being attached to an animated character. But I I 
I know you as of tonight for real, you know, <laughs> you're, blind date. you introduced yourself to me. What was it? A month or two ago. You're like, Hey, I'm Brianna's sister. You know, we're seeing each other on her lives or something. And very nice of you to reach out or what, but we, we just, we don't necessarily, you know, you don't post as much and we're, you know, yeah. And then tonight it's like, I feel like I've known you for a while now and I kind of just understand you. I understand what you're saying with the animated. Like you don't yeah. know that you can get attached to a cartoon character or whatever. I promise you, I think I know enough of you tonight and what you appreciate. You will be attached to cartoon characters. Okay. How about this? I'm going to do it. You can't judge how quick I can binge. <laughs> I'm going to do oh, it. We'll see. And, and then There's a whatever... lot of episodes. I don't know if you can binge no, that much. No, no, no. In whatever amount of time, <laughs> I'll come if, back. <laughs> do you, what's your take on Ahsoka? I'm just curious on that particular character of what you know about her. Do you like her or not? I don't know. I don't know that I have. You don't know much about opinion. her or you just, you don't know what you think about her yet. I don't know what I think about her yet. Okay. I know she plays a heavier role in the cartoons, right? I would say if you can get past her initial when she's kind of first introduced and everybody hated her mm -hmm. and she was not one of my, I was like, oh, this is, this is why I hate these cartoons and I'm just going to stick to the movies. But it's because of their cart, the, the animated shows, the episodes, she is probably, and this could be another podcast on who our favorite characters are. She may buy for one of the top three characters for me. And that really? includes Vader. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. Okay. Okay. I mean, I should do it. I know I should do it. Plus, there's not a lot of, I don't know. I still struggle with what happened to the pandemic with TV out there. So. <laughs> so, okay. So we're going on an hour and 30 minutes. I mean, this is great. I love that yeah. we were able just to do this. And again, this is like our the first time Chelsea and I have actually sat and like really talked to each other. And it's like we're talking two hours of Star Wars. So your number one movie, episode four, A New Hope. Mm -hmm. So one, an ep episode four, New Hope. Number two for you, Return of the Jedi. And then three, Empire Strikes Back. Those are your top yes. three. Yes. And you feel good about having Empire as your third. Yeah, I'm I'm sticking to it. I'm sticking to it. Just I, I really, really, really think waiting years between five and six makes a huge difference and I didn't have to do it. I Would you it say it changes a lot. Do you have a cutoff? Like is one, two, and three like by far up there? And then it's like four, or and then it's like your number four and number five later on. Or is it like your number you know what I'm saying? Like if you're grouping them. No, I mean, I really love episode three, which is my number four. So it's tight. So would that be there. the grouping? Like you're like, would you group it as your top four is like higher? I'd say one through five. I'd add Rogue One. one I know that's okay. a lot. No, <laughs> I, I was struggling. So when you were like, send me a ranking, I was like, what? <laughs> I, our, our lists are not that far off. We have, I think, a couple movies that three or four position points are off. Everything else is very, very similar. My number six, Return of the Jedi. My number five, The Force Awakens, which I could easily be convinced to move that down mm -hmm. and have Return of the Jedi yeah. move up. And then you get into a situation where, kind of like you, I would say from four, three, two, one, all four of these I could watch, I will watch, hundreds of times before I die. 
Rogue One is number four. It would be probably higher if I didn't have the reverence that I do for these other, the top three. Number three, episode three, Revenge of the Sith, just because I'm twisted. I love just Anakin being a badass and just killing everything, and then he's burning in lava. I mean, I just, I thought that was awesome. Uh, Number two for me, A New Hope, and then my number one is Empire Strikes Back, which, again, for most people my age, that's no surprise. The classic. I am really impressed with your ability to split the trilogies. I really did not. If you ask me on a different day, who knows? I may have <laughs> things change. As far as, you know, between a one and two or two and a three, but my top ones will forever, those probably will never change. And for sure, the very bottom ones, those will never change. Now, to hmm. end our podcast, and we've had a really good conversation. And I would say that we're both probably above average Star Wars fans. I don't think we're, are we, we're not like freaky. I'm are not we? top. I know I'm above, I know I'm above average, but I don't think more than that. I don't mind nerding out for two hours about it. So that, that's probably putting <laughs> us a little freaky. <laughs> It's safe to say we're both a little bit above average. So what I did was I combined the two ratings. Mm -hmm. So this will be the definitive ranking after (laughs) listening to Brian and Chelsea on the Tossing Salad podcast. This is the definitive 1 through 11 ranking of all the Star Wars movies. Uh, Number one is episode four, New Hope followed by Empire Strikes Back, Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi, Rogue One, and then The Force Awakens, Rise of Skywalker, Attack of the Clones, Last Jedi, The Phantom Menace, and then Solo. And that is when you you combine our two scores and you get the average. I am kind of geeky with stuff like this. Like my or my family is too. We've done this as a family where we ranked mm-hmm. all these Star Wars movies and then we averaged them out. I don't know if you've seen uh, Hamilton, the play. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we've gone through and we've done that as a family to where we've ranked all the songs and we've come up with the family's top five. We do <laughs> wow. just silly stuff like that. So Wait, that how do right we there, compare to your family's ranking? The, the family rankings is a little bit off because my boys, who are now uh, 16 and 18, and how old's your little brother? He's he's 12. He's not 12. He's 20. 20. So he's a little bit older than my boys. So my boys, mm-hmm. uh, my oldest was born in 04, which I believe that's when episode three came out. So definitely on the tail end of that generation that grew up with it. But I think really for the most part, if it wasn't for me, seven, eight, nine would be the ones that they would grow up with. Yeah. But because it, because it was me, they saw one, two, three, four, five, six. They had all the comic books. I mean, we had all the toys and everything. So their, their, their ratings are a little different, but I do, they do appreciate the better movies like we do. But I think a lot of the older stuff, it's hard for the kids to watch just because they look dated. 
never thought of that like that, but I guess that makes sense. So my, my last question to you, Chelsea, and then we will call this a night. And I love this. And I, I think now I'm going to have to tell Brianna, I'm going to have to split up my time between her and you now because <laughs> we get along so well. You really want to have a trip. You bring we, both we, of us on. Man, if, if it <laughs> it'd goes, be too much. If it's, if it's anything like when Brianna and Amanda were on with me and it was the three of us, we'll have to see. Although that would be fun because I have a ton of questions I could ask the two of you just based off of being twins. But here's my, here's my question, my last final Star Wars question for you. Mm-hmm. If you were to recommend to somebody right now that has never seen Star Wars, what order, this is important, what order are you watching, are you suggesting to them to watch the movies? Do I have to include them all? Yeah, because they're, they're going to have to see it once. Do they? <laughs> <laughs> so, what is, so I'm... Uh, honestly, and this is because I care so much about certain characters like Vader, I'd say see it in order. When I can choose, I remove one. Just don't watch it at all because I don't want you to start at one. And I'm actually comfortable having people start it too. So, okay. The only caveat I'll put, I'll put in is they have to watch, if they haven't watched anything and they're new to Star Wars, they have to watch all of them once. So what I'm saying is you're... I would say in order. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. But you, you realize and you understand what you give up in having them do that. You lose the Vader reveal, which I think is the, the biggest <sighs> reveal of Star Wars. Oh, I don't think of that. Uh, okay, hang on, hang on. Let me give you a better answer. Uh, ooh. I don't want to change your answer, but I'm just saying no. if you watch one through nine in that order, you completely lose the Vader effect in Empire Strikes Back that he's the father. Oh, yeah, no, that would ruin a lot. And you, and you, and some oh, other this... things, maybe. Yeah, then I think I'll do, like, what is the, the classic, the classic, um, I've seen the order that they recommend online. It's like four, four, five, two, three, six or something. I think I may do the classic like four or like four, two, three, five, six. And then if you have to watch one later, be my guest. But like after the, the Vader being the father reveal is over, but before six, I forget exactly. Watch two, three. Definitely watch two, three before six, in my opinion. Okay. So I, so I, I know four, five, two, three, six. Yeah. So I know what you're talking about. I don't know it off the top of my head. I'll, I'll just go off of what you were saying there. And I know some people said, okay, yeah, you can watch it as a couple from this trilogy, go back to this one here. Go. I keep it kind of simple, but for me, just to make sure that the Vader reveal is always there, I would just tell people four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, eight, nine, and how. We saw it in real life. Yeah. But I can totally get on board with what you were saying to where if if you want to nerd and geek out to where you can do, like you were saying, four or five. I, I forget the numbers that you said. but five. It has to be four or five because I think there's too much reveal in five. So it has to be four or five. And then if you want one, great. So if you're not cutting one at all from the story, fine. So four or five, one, two, three, six, seven, eight, nine. 
Okay. That'll be my definitive. And I actually hate that I even started with one because four is my favorite. And I'm like, how dare I introduce them to the universe with one? So I take it all back. It's late for me. I had a momentary lapse. <laughs> this, this is why there is probably endless content regarding Star Wars. And I hope going forward, there will be more content that will be great content that we could always talk about and share with our grandkids and their kids. Maybe you've given me a little bit of hope, a new hope going forward that the future Star Wars may still be healthy. I'm, I'm a little pessimistic still, so I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. hopefully, but I'm not going to bet on it. But we'll see. I hear that. I, I think it'll just get better for us. I don't know if it'll draw more viewers in. We'll see. But I, this was, Chelsea, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out for an hour and 50 minutes yeah. on what was like, I told your sister, it was kind of a blind date. Did I, did she tell you that I was like asking her about you? I was like, okay, yep. what's her personality like? Does she have a she sense did. of humor? Can I joke she said Amanda with her? nailed it. Amanda doesn't know me that well. She was like, Amanda just nailed you. I like, knew exactly who you are. Do you know what your sister told me exactly? Huh. She said, I'm not going to tell you anything because it's going to be enjoyment for her to find out. Thank you guys for listening to another great episode of the Tossing Salad Podcast. I'll tell you what, if you guys like that interview there, we've got a whole bunch of other ones where we've sat down with people from behind their social media gardening accounts, just kind of getting to know them. Go back, take a listen to a few of those. There may be some people that you guys know and follow, and then there may be some that you guys have no idea who they are. I guarantee you guys are going to like them. If you get the opportunity, toss us a review on one of your podcast platforms, whichever ones you guys listen to. The Tossing Salad Podcast is now on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. We're working on getting our content up on YouTube and TikTok. But if you can give us a follow there, that'll help out the show. Thanks a lot. We'll see you next time.